The car business is changing faster than ever. And now is the time for dealers and allied industry professionals to get ahead. Together, we'll explore practical ways to help your dealership thrive or get the best results from your account through leadership process and implementation. I'm Becky Chernick, and this is Make Your F&I Profits Stick. special guest speaker, Ted Ings. He is the founder of the Fixed Ops Roundtable. Also, a special call out to Ted. He's on the cover of the Fixed Ops magazine for the November and December 2021 issue. Ted is also announcing his upcoming Fixed Ops Roundtable March Magic from the 9th to the 11th. And I've been invited to speak and have a panel discussion on the digital life cycle with Steve Apicella and a few other selected guests. Stay tuned for more details. So today, we're discussing electric vehicles. What are dealers doing to sustain the profit margin, attachment, retention, and financing and service? And we're also talking about these charging stations, dealer processes, one pricing, and innovative products, and so much more. And this is where I was going, um, you know, with your relationship and, I mean, so successful with your Fixed Ops Roundtable. You have ter- you have certainly have done a terrific job with that and pr- meeting probably so many industry leaders. Um, I'm sure that there is talk with regard to electric vehicles. What the heck is going on with that whole thing? And, you know, I know enough to keep me a little dangerous. So, <laughs> so I thought, what the heck, I'm going to invite Ted Ings on and see if we can't figure this thing out, what's going on. And I think what we want to talk about today is today. What's happening with electric vehicle? What are dealers preparing for today? Yes. And and you know what? With the 14 fixed stops roundtable events, of which I think uh, nine of them have been virtual so far, with a big one coming up in March, as you just heard from Michelle McLean, we did not devote hardly any time, uh, Becky, to electric vehicles, to EVs. So a little bit on the state of that industry right now, they account for about 3.6% of all passenger vehicles sold here in North America. Uh, And it's just a little over 5% uh, of the SUVs. And the market is really controlled by one company on the electric side, guess who it is? Tesla, with 79.5%. Of the electric vehicles um, are sold by Tesla. It's all about the change, okay? Um, now, it's not going to change, you know, in January or in uh, June, but it's going to happen over a period of time. And uh, we need to start preparing for it today because it's coming. And the investment is being made right now, Becky, by the OEMs. If you take a look at um, uh, G- uh, General Motors, okay? with their new electric vehicles that are coming out. Ford with their electric Mustang, okay, that's out. They are requiring that when it comes in for service, that you return it to the customer. Let's say you go in for an oil change, right, Becky? Mm-hmm. When you return the vehicle to the customer, it has to have an 80% charge on that battery or greater. Okay, you can't bring it back to the customer, you know, with a very low- you know, <laughs> Like a 30%. <laughs> I mean, think about that for just a second, okay? So that's going to require not just a charger 
but a rapid charger on the dealership side, okay? So these rapid chargers are not cheap. Uh, right now, as of this morning, I got the price from a number of dealers that I called. Uh, if you can find them, okay, the rapid charger right now is going for, as of this morning, rapid chargers are, here comes a number, $8,695 per charger, $86.95. And availability, Becky, is becoming harder by the day because it's another one of those things that it's very difficult to get right now, okay? Think about it for a moment. Let's say your shop has 20 service bays or 25 service bays. The time is now to begin building the infrastructure for that EV. Each bay or just about every bay is gonna require one of these rapid chargers. Gentleman I spoke to this morning has a General Motors store. He just spent north of $556,000 total for the conversion to these rapid chargers. Think about it. If you have a dealership, uh, Sean Kingry, for as an example, over at Step One Automotive Group, shout out to Sean, okay, uh, in uh, Florida and in Georgia, <laughs> Yeah. By the way, a good friend of John Fairchild, they just spent over a million dollars, okay, on these rapid chargers. So what really kind of set the ball in motion for them is they have a Kia franchise, and they were one of the first ones to apply to Kia to get the um, these rapid chargers. When they applied to Kia, they were number 1,300 on the list, okay? That's when the light bulb went off for step one, and they said, you know what? We have to start preparing right now for this infrastructure. So you need to start getting that in place because uh, this is coming. And by 2030, they say that EVs are going to account for 36% of the passenger vehicle market uh, here in North America, 36%. Well, that's certainly shaking things up over there, isn't it? <laughs> and <laughs> if that doesn't get your attention, hello, <laughs> I don't know what would. So I want to talk a little bit more about that. Um, you know, um, I'm, I also, you know, do a lot in F&I. <laughs> and so, um, so here's what I'm reading. So here's what I'm taking in. You know, some of the products will have to be changed up a bit um, as it pertains to service contracts and, you know, what's going to be covered and what's not necessary to be covered. Right. And so that whole thing may change up. And, you know, so what other additional products and services are we going to be providing to that type customer who, obviously is purchase, purchasing the uh, electric, uh, electric, electric vehicle. But the thing, the other thing that I picked up okay. that maybe dealers may be doing more subscription services with the electric vehicle only wow. because price price is going to be a huge issue, right? On the front end. And, go, and, and and cutting back on the profit margins on the front end. So we're more dealers are going to rely on F and I for 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 to make up that that difference, right? But even though the price is higher and perhaps maybe we're making more on the reserve, we still have a product difference. The other is if we get into more subscription services, 
doesn't that, I mean, what are we doing with that? Is that going, is that cutting, cutting back on what we're generating or what our profits are in, in F&I tech? What are your thoughts there? Let, let me throw one more stat at you, uh, Becky, first, real quick. Okay. Um, I don't know if this new infrastructure bill is going to pass the Congress, may or may not. We don't know, right? But yeah. if it does, baked into that bill um, is $7.5 billion for new charging stations throughout the United States. $7.5 billion, and it's not nearly enough. But the government is now going to be making an investment of some sort into these charging stations so vehicles can go further. And uh, Tom Dahl, the uh, president and CEO of Subaru, recently said at a Fixed Ops Roundtable event, he said that one of the things dealerships need to invest in as well is because a technician cannot reach inside under the hood and just take that battery and pull it out with his or her hands. They need a special hoist to be able to wow. do that as well. So think about that. You don't have a combustion engine, but what you have is a big battery. Okay, and to be able to, you know, replace it or be able to work on that pickle, you know, you have to take that battery out. Okay, so there's another infrastructure there. Um, I think F&I is going to become even more important, Becky, than it is today. And we have to start preparing for that. I know we're we're dealing with things right now, like a shortage of new vehicles. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's been going on now for a little while. And um, at some point, you know, that the pipeline's going to open up again. Okay. But it's obviously affected used vehicle sales as well. And used car values have, uh, have gone up through the roof, but we're going to have to take a look at, you know, what's covered on vehicle service agreements. And, um, you know, let's face it, the car still has, um, tires. So will tire and wheel still be important? Absolutely. Will appearance protection still be important? Yes, it will. The car still needs, or the vehicle still needs alignments, right? So there's a lot of things that are not going to change, okay? Um, and we're going to have to gravitate over that. But we're still going to have, Becky, gas combustion engines are still going to be, you know, the predominant sale, you know, over the next many, many years, okay? It's not going to happen overnight. So here's some – I want to – here's some – I'm going to read a, a few of these comments. Um, I, in one in particular, I don't know who you're from, so if you want to type in, hey, this is me, this is who I am – um, I don't know, but why um, they're questioning why the lower um, front end of, for um, the electric vehicle deals. And the, re- the, the reason for that is obviously the price tag is going to be huge. It's, it's, it's going to be five to 10 grand more, but not so much that so much is that these customers are more inclined to be doing a lot of shopping online. There's, it's going to be, from my understanding, it's going to get very aggressive as far as the ability to have, they can literally shop online. Now, whether or not they go from, you know, like Tesla wants to do direct, um, I believe that there are 15 states that you can't do that in. But um, so we can, it's going to be an interesting model from what I understand, which is going to make it a lot more competitive and aggressive on the front end pricing. And it's going to and be the, subsidized, I imagine, by the manufacturer. And there was a study done for the OEMs by McKinsey that looked at the margins and said that the margins will be smaller. Now, step back for a moment. If you had told us a year ago or two years ago that we'd be selling new new cars, 
new passenger vehicles at sticker price and above two years ago, we would say you're crazy, all right? So we really can't see the future. We really don't know what other elements are going to come in that are going to affect this. So, you know, we the market will really determine how this whole thing goes. And we're not there yet. It could be, let me ask you this then, do you think maybe it could be like one pricing? Are we into the one pricing? It's it's possible. It depends, I think, on the dealer, the dealership, the uh, the OEM, the manufacturer. I think I saw yesterday Lexus just announced that Lexus is going to be an all-electric um, uh, passenger vehicle. All Lexus will be electric. So how about that? Well, look what Michelle McLean had to say. Just go ahead. Uh, Michelle uh, McLean says, I think we are going to see a huge influx of direct selling. Yeah, we've been looking at the Rivion yeah, model for a year now, and direct is currently the only way to get one. So what's happened, Michelle, and Brian Benstock, your friend, talks about this, is that Rivion and Tesla have used electrification to bypass the dealer franchise model successfully, all right? So there are, you know, no showrooms where you can actually sit down and buy the vehicle. That all has to be done online. You can go look at the vehicle, but you make the purchase online is what you do. So, yes, I think consumers, especially with the pandemic, are more comfortable in making that transaction online. Look at Carvana, Becky. Look at all the pushback we've heard over the years about, oh, that's not going to work, buy a car online. Who's going to want to do that? Over the weekend, I watched my neighbor across the street. I watched the truck, the flatbed pull up with the name Carvana on the side, and the whole family came out as they took delivery. So they made the purchase online as well. So I have to I have to say something here. Fred, uh, Fred Getter, I love him because he just speaks his mind. That's how he is. I think he's from your neck of the woods, New York. <laughs> is that right, Fred? Um, he's saying that direct sales, oh, it really won direct sales, uh, it was one pricing Saturn. And Saturn didn't um, work out. Um, so, Fred, I've got to tell you something about that one. Now, um, I ran a Saturn store, and I was—I um, mean, to tell you, I was busy. We couldn't get enough. We couldn't get a hold of enough cars. We couldn't. We had people waiting. And yeah, I thought you were from New York. And I got to tell you, Fred from they, New York, love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you and your New York, New Jersey. <laughs> but anyway, so um, love, I, I love New York, love New Jersey. Um, <laughs> I just don't like your airport. <laughs> How's that? Um, so, but uh, see, I believe that Saturn was successful because um, customers, customers, regardless, because they bought Saturn and they paid full retail. And they did it for many, many years. Many years. Now, I can't say that the manufacturer itself and what was going on behind the scenes, that I can't I, I can't speak to. But what I can say as far as the concept certainly was uh, it, it made Saturn who it was. So yeah. two ways to yeah. think and about what, it. And the fact that we're still talking about it today, okay? So, you know, Saturn was a ahead of its time by many years. And many dealer groups, Becky, have adopted that model of one price. I'm not saying we're going to go one price on everything, but look at the Shop Automotive Group over in Denver, Colorado, yeah. which is in several states now. They have 
buy the vehicle from one person. One person handles it from front to back, including the F&I, at one price, and you buy the vehicle in one hour, okay? And Chomp has got that down. So, you know, look, there's a lot of pain points for consumers. People don't want to wait in the showroom for four and five hours to buy that car. You and I have talked about that bottleneck, Becky. They don't want to do that. They also don't want to come into a dealership for service. They don't want to sit in the waiting room, okay? (laughs) They they don't want to do that stuff. That's why we've had now pickup and delivery has become successful. So there's a lot of disruption that will continue to happen. We are ripe for disruption. And I think we're foolish to think that we're going to be able to continue it exactly the way it is. However, I will say this. We adopt in the car business and we are um, car dealers are very, very, very uh, keen at being able to make things work and figure out the way to do it. So the market forces are going to allow the dealerships to be able to do that. And I think that's an exciting time that we have together in the next couple years, even the next five, 10 years. Well, you know, here's here's my thing. I, I don't think that we have to reinvent the wheel here. Um, I think there's a lot of good, a lot of good things that are working. Um, I do believe that we need to make some some changes and it doesn't have to certainly be an, an overhaul, but we have to understand that by having customers wait forever long to get into an FNI office is certainly um, non-productive and it cuts into profits. Um, and that's certainly not a good thing. And also um, after customers waited for, I don't know, many hours to get into the FNI office, they're not gonna enjoy the overall buying experience either so what do we get out of that yeah why not start the process as early as you possibly can online and cut through all the red tape and just make the whole whole buying time a whole heck of a lot shorter look at this quote up here on the screen it says that happens every day i've been doing it for years just shipped a truck from montana to georgia in three days Perfect deal. Hey, look at all the transactions that are happening now, Becky. You know, from state to state, transporting vehicles. Remember Kimberly Staggs from uh, 50 State DMV who spoke at your event? Uh, Mm -hmm. Another great one whose time has come, okay? We're constantly transporting vehicles. I'm buying a vehicle from Adam Aaron's, you know, up in New England, transporting it to my state. So we think nothing of it now. So there's a lot of stuff happening electronically um, that we wouldn't have even imagined five years ago, and now it's commonplace today. Well, right, it, 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 that's, that's exactly right. So I remember, again, and if I can just go back to the time we met customers at a kiosk in the middle of the showroom, and everybody and their mother told me I was completely out of my mind, what am I thinking? Along with the time when I was doing the, working with Saturn, what am I thinking? And, you know, we certainly proved them wrong and we showed that you could do that and we yes. could be profitable. Um, yes. But then we also proved um, at the, in, in these other nation mega stores that we can be customers outside at a kiosk and you don't have to drive kicking screaming customers into an FNI office for these marathon deliveries. And we proved that you don't have to do that. And people were like, there's no way that that can be. And look at us today. Look at where we are today. Yeah. 
So it's like, okay, now we've gotten here. Let's take it a step further. Wherever the customer is most comfortable, we want to meet with them, right? We want to engage with that. And look what's happened with the pandemic, you know, on the service side, going back to fixed operations. You know, the customer was most comfortable where? In their home, in their living room. So Brian Benstock talked to us months before the pandemic about this new thing called service pickup and delivery that he'd been doing in Paragon Honda in Queens, New York, Paragon Acura. He had done tens of thousands of those pickup and deliveries and perfected the process. And when the pandemic hit, boom, he was ready. Okay. And now so many dealerships have adopted that model because they realize that the consumer, you know, will be fine with us picking up the car and delivering it back to their house. Yeah. Well, I, I got to tell you right now that that event that you had in New Jersey was awesome. New York was good too. All right. See, I like it, Fred. All right. But and then New Jersey, I just don't like the airport. And um, here we are, here we are in New York. I mean, that was your first big stops. I mean, we sure did have, yeah. it was a great meeting. It really was in New Jersey. That was also a great meeting. And Brian, I mean, Ben Stock, he was absolutely um, phenomenal. Amazing. phenomenal. Amazing. He did yeah. a phenomenal. And I told him that, I don't know if he's listening in one day, maybe he might, but he did, he did a, he did a great job. You did a great job. It was a great event, period. It was just a great event. That event in New Jersey really set the pace for what was about to happen. And it really turned the industry on its head because we had Fred Beans, you know, from the Fred Beans Automotive Group. Yeah. Somebody said to me, well, who's, who's going to speak from Fred Beans? I said, Fred, <laughs> he's 81 years old and he's coming up and he's going to speak. And Brian Benstock said, can I bring all my managers to listen to Fred? Cause I want them to learn from the best. And so Brian Benstock spoke after Fred beans and um, you know, Brian really, you know, dealers were very, very open to, you know, what change would look like in the service side. And he really showed us the way. And uh, again, he continues to make those innovations you know, with appointments, using things like Google um, to set the appointment, no phone calls. They've reduced the number of calls to the dealership. Look at all things that are happening. So, you know, dealers can adopt and um, and can adapt as well. So here's, here's, here's the thing that I'm going to ask you. Um, in this um, report, it also mentioned the problem. Some of this is, is that are dealers doing a good job or a, a good enough job training up their staff to be able to talk intelligently about electric vehicles? What are we doing there? I think it's going to be up to the uh, OEM to help lead that because some OEMs, obviously, I just mentioned Lexus, uh, are huge, okay, in terms of what they're going to be doing in, in electric. You know, Volvo is doing the same thing. So um, I think that's why a dealer-by-dealer dealer basis – some dealers are not are not prepared yet. They don't have the infrastructure with their people built yet. Again, 3.6% of the market today. So you may not say that's a big thing. I'm busy selling combustion vehicles over a sticker, Becky. Okay. Uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> and I, you know, we're <laughs> in line. Yeah. So that's true. I'm busy doing that. I don't really need to go ahead and change up too much. Um, you know, I'm kind of liking where things are right now. Let's just leave well enough alone. Um 
And I can understand the mindset. We're doing really, really well. But, you know, there's many a times we've done really, really well. And then things catch up. Everything always has, has a tendency to catch up. What comes up, comes up, must come down. And that's even in my career. So Dave Anderson, who uh, many of you know, is a great speaker, has a company called Learn to Lead said that all of us as leaders and managers, Becky, we all have a grace period. In other words, we can see the future coming. Maybe we see it at a, a you know great distance or maybe it's getting a little bit, little bit closer. And maybe we don't have to make the change tonight, okay? We've got a grace period. Tomorrow's the grace period. Christmas is coming up, New Year's. I got a grace period to the end of the year. Maybe January's a grace period, but at some point, that time expires and we run out of the grace period, okay? And we're going to be into what's coming. So the grace period, everybody, is limited and it's going to diminish. So we got to get on board now for the future and be aware of trends. So I would suggest to all of you, follow this lady, follow Becky Chernick, because she is going to bring you the latest. She talked about her podcast today. Her podcast is already out. And um, you know what? She's going to have some amazing events, amazing speakers here. I hope Becky to be invited back as well. You know, sometime in the near future, I'd love to do that. And, um, you know, oh, take definitely. this ride into the future with you. Well, I got to tell you, Ted, um, you know, I, I appreciate your support and you've always been there for me. And I'm, th and I'm very thankful for that. We have some very good conversations about what's going on in the industry and I'm also very thankful that I did get an invite to um, also speak on your March. upcoming in March. So I'm very, very pleased about that. And I think I've got something that's going to knock the stocks off of these dealers. Becky's got an amazing panel coming up at the yeah. March Fixed Ops Roundtable, which will be March 9th, 10th, and 11th. There's Oh, there's a registration site. You can go to fixedopsroundtable.com, get your complimentary seat. There's no charge for that seat, and you can secure that. And Becky will be speaking at that event, so you don't want to miss that. And she's already lining up some great speakers, so I'm, I'm privy to that information. So I, I look forward to that, Becky. Always a pleasure to talk with Ted Ings. He certainly has the pulse on the industry and is highly regarded as the go-to on fixed stops for auto dealers in North America. Ted hits on the mark when he references Dave Anderson from his Fixed Stops Roundtable, Transformer, How to Survive Success. Dealers may enjoy a grace period for a time, but remember, no season lasts forever. Get back in the game. It's about holding others accountable to daily activities and not so much the outcomes. So if you haven't had the chance to check out the Fixed Stops Roundtable, Transformer, make sure you do some excellent content and speakers. Remember, it's the little things you execute every day that make the biggest impact. You've been listening to Make Your Ebony Profit Stick with Becky Chernick. If you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe, leave a rating or review wherever you're listening right now. And don't forget to share to Facebook or your favorite social media platform. Keep in mind, I offer the very best in in-dealership or remote F&I training since 2001 for automotive, recreational, and allied industry professionals. Get all your managers on the same page and make those F&I profits stick.